Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner, Kevin Zivna, coming to you live like I do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what I'm talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. Don't forget that area code, 757-627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing or recommendation that we make. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals. But that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. That's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area that we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. You have to want it. You have to earn it. We are here to help. You got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 627-7979, whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products, life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs. 457s, TSBs, IRAs, Roth IRAs, mortgage options, social security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance we are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. All right, tonight we're going to talk about financial planning moves to start the new year right version two. Version one was the first show of the year um, back in January. And if you want to catch some of the details on that, you can always uh, go to our website where we have um, at least the last uh, eight to 10 shows on our Dollars and Common Sense page. And I think we have a, even a, another button where you can get all, all the historical shows. But uh, version one was uh, first uh, show of the year. Uh, the second show where I meant to talk about this was taken up by listener calls. And that's great. And I welcome those, and I want those, and I, I think that the calls uh, are fantastic for help providing a, a, a real-world perspective um, for all listeners so that they can hear other people ask questions to hear what's on their mind, hear what uh, problems or issues they have from a financial stand, uh, planning standpoint so they know they're not alone. And that many of these questions are, are very common, that we hear them often in our practice, and where we can help um, provide answers, direction, guidance, 
Uh, that's what we're here to do first. So that's what the calls are all about. So feel free to jump on that studio loan studio line. Give me a call at 627-779. In the meantime, some financial planning moves to start the year off right. Now, so show number one, we talked about some personal issues that you should consider. So uh, assess progress you made towards goals last year. Uh, have you identified new goals for this year that you need to plan for, incorporate into your um, budget process, uh, savings plan? How about any life events that are likely to occur this year? Move, marriage, birth of kids, job change, retirement, um, all those things to consider that might be on the horizon. Uh, you need to confirm whether you or any of your family members reach any financial planning milestones like age 59 and a half, um, 70 and a half, age 65 for Medicare. Um, any of those big age milestones come up? Want to go back and hear some of the things I said back then? Remember, check out our website. Uh, cash flow issues we talked about in show number one. Do you expect your household income or expenses to change over the course of the year? Do you need to review your cash flow plan, your savings plan? That's primarily the main thing we're talking about there. How about employee benefits that you now have available to you? Um, review your corporate benefit plan. Take advantage of all the opportunities that you have there. Are you taking advantage of them? Why not? Dig into that. Are you able to contribute to an IRA? Your company-sponsored retirement plan, do you get matching on it? These are things you should know. If you don't know, you should be checking them out, researching. Uh, how about uh, RMDs, required minimum distributions, coming up this year? That, uh, that rule's been uh, kind of uh, made a little bit more complicated now with Secure Act 2.0. used to be just the 70 and a half when you had to start taking those required minimum distributions from traditional IRAs and 401k plans and 403bs and TSPs. Um, so that has been pushed back now and will be continued to push back um, up to age 75. But right now we're at uh, 62, I think it is, off the top of my head. I might have to go check that one. Uh, any annual gifts that you want to make uh, this year? You don't have to wait to the end of the year to do that. You can make them early in the year. And if you make qualified charitable um, distributions from your, directly from an IRA, um, you can do that at the beginning of the year. You don't have to wait to the end. You don't have to do it on a monthly basis. You don't have to do it weekly to your church. A lot of charitable organizations love to get a big fat check early in the year. Uh, instead of it trickling out throughout the course of the year uh, or waiting until the end. It uh, allows them to plan and budget much more effectively. So annual gifts, um, something to consider this year um, from a financial planning standpoint. So now we get into some uh, new areas that uh, I didn't talk about in the first show. Uh, we've got some things to talk about regarding assets and debts. We got some tax considerations, insurance issues, and even some uh, legal and estate planning issues as well. So here's some things that you want to consider now to set yourself up for success for throughout the course of the year. So uh, one of our basics, your emergency fund. Do you need to adjust or replenish your existing 
emergency fund. So generally uh, considered three to six months of your routine monthly expenses. So for example, if your household uh, expenses to pay the, the mortgage, the lights, the water, the, get food in the refrigerator, uh, the car loans, um, uh, the kids' uh, tuition, uh, whether that's you know, child care or private school, or what have you, clothes, that type of thing. Say it's uh, 10000 bucks a month, okay? So then your emergency fund should be between $30,000 and $60,000, three to six uh, months of expenses. And you want that tucked away in a uh, easily accessible bank safe, easily accessible safe bank savings account. Now, a lot of, um, a lot of, and, and this should be separate from your checking account. So don't co-mingle it with your checking account or mentally account from it. It should be really separate. And even better yet, some people we know <laughs> open up a separate bank account in a separate bank just to kind of keep it away from their hot little hands. Uh, because nowadays with the easily easy flow of electronic funds, um, just putting in the savings account at your same institution uh, is easy, easy to, too easy to get a hold of. So some people put it in a separate bank uh, that they don't have electronic access to, and they would have to like make a phone call or go into the, ba the bank branch to have money transferred over or withdrawn in the form of check. I'm not saying you have to go to that extreme. I'm just using that as an example. But that money needs to be set aside for life's true emergency. So car repairs, home, major home repairs, uh, large medical bills, anything uh, unexpected from a financial standpoint. One of the largest being an unexpected job loss, um, short-term job loss, so a layoff uh, or uh, an unexpected firing for whatever reason. Um, that happens. Even even federal government employees, one of the safest forms of employment that exists in the country, can get furloughed. We know that has happened over the last several years. So that unexpected loss of income, that is what your emergency fund is for. And that is one of the first things that you should assess at the beginning of the year. Do you have enough? Do you have it in the right place? Okay. After you do that, how about uh, are you planning to uh, buy or sell any significant property this year? Are you going to buy or sell a house? Are you going to buy or sell a car? Or buy or sell a business? Those are big financial transactions. So you should be thinking about those now. What needs to be put in place to make sure that those transactions happen as efficiently and effective as, a possi as possible? How about as it relates to your personal investments? Do you need to review your investment risk tolerance? <laughs> risk tolerance is kind of a thorny subject for us at Wealthway. Um, we've kind of, well, we haven't kind of, we've gone away from the traditional investment risk tolerance questionnaire where your financial advisor, your investment advisor would try to assess how much, how comfortable you are with the volatility of your portfolio, how, how much it would go up and down in value. Uh, we've pretty much learned through the years that uh, people don't do a good job of, of assessing their own risk tolerance. I mean, given the option, everyone, uh, most everyone, uh, does not want their investment values to ever decline and wants them to only go up. 
Well, that's not realistic. That's not the real world. But people tend to skew that way when they answer the risk tolerance questionnaire. So, well, we don't use them uh, anymore in our practice. We have other means of having this conversation and accessing our clients' comfort level with how we invest. Um, for those people who don't work with an advisor, that's something that you should consider. All right, I got a bunch more to talk about tonight. So uh, stick around. We're going to be right back after these messages or jump in on the conversation. 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right, tonight we're talking about uh, financial planning moves or considerations to start 2024 off right and get you pointed in the right direction for the rest of the year into some investment concerns and questions that you should be considering. Uh, how about, we talked about risk tolerance. How about, uh, do you need to review the performance of your investment accounts? Well, yeah, you do. You should always know the performance of your investment accounts. And, you know, one of the things, one of the things that we do for our clients is um, we aggregate all of their separate investment accounts. So, uh, you know, uh, his Roth IRA, his traditional IRA, uh, her Roth IRA, her traditional IRA, uh, joint brokerage account, how many of our accounts we have, we pull it all together and we do the math on the rate of return. So, and then we report to our clients every three months exactly how their investments are performing. So there's no guesswork uh, and there's, there's no ambiguity on how am I doing? We know exactly how our clients are doing from an investment standpoint. And everyone should know exactly how their investment accounts are doing. Sadly, there are still some brokerage companies out there that don't report investment performance uh, for their clients, either at the account level or at the aggregated account level. And I all when I when we get new clients that come in, I'm always like, so, well, how do you even know how things are going? And they're like, I don't know. The value goes up, it goes down. I, 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 I that's the only way I can assess. Well, that's a horrible way to assess something so important. So if you don't, now they are getting better. I am seeing uh, performance numbers show up uh, more frequently on more brokerage and investment accounts, but still, uh, we're far, uh, far away, uh, far away from uh, having them show up on all of them. So, know your investment performance. Now, you don't need to know it on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or monthly basis. Uh, quarterly or annually is fine. Anything more frequent then that tends to cause too much anxiety and too many bad decisions. 
So <laughs> know your investment performance, but know the right uh, time period to assess your investment performance as well. And then once you know that, how about do you need to do something about it? Do you need to rebalance your investment portfolio? Otherwise, adjust your asset allocation. Asset allocation, a fancy term for the different categories that make up the investments in the totality of your investment portfolio. So uh, a good standard practice of good investment management is to do um, occasional rebalancing of the portfolio. So when we build a portfolio, we have these, these different categories that we expect to have certain percentages uh, that make up the portfolio. So, for example, maybe 15% of the portfolio is in U.S. large company growth-style stocks. And maybe 10% is in domestic, interna- I'm sorry, um, um, developed international-style companies. So those are companies headquartered outside the U.S., typically in Europe, um, Japan, those more developed markets. Um, how about commercial real estate? How about U.S. small company stocks value style? All these are different categories. And so what you put into the portfolio from a category, category standpoint, you tend to want to keep that asset allocation consistent over time. And it's natural as investments go up and down in value over time that there's going to be drift, style drift, we call it, away from those um, percentage set percentages that we expected. It's important to to rebalance back into those percentages because then you have a higher degree of confidence, higher degree of probability of achieving your desired long run rate of return. If you don't rebalance, then you start to get style drift and there's a lower probability of reaching your long-term rate of return. And it is, in effect, if it's done right, done well, it is, in effect, forcing you, or the investment manager, or the investment advisor, the financial advisor, to, in effect, sell a little, sell a little, a few, some of the investments high, relatively high, and buy some of the investments of uh, a relatively low. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do in a systematic, disciplined way. You do that over time. That's how you achieve your best long-term performance results. So adjust your asset allocation or rebalance your investment portfolio. Uh, something to consider uh, as you take a look at how to uh, properly manage your investments for the rest of the year. Okay, do you need to review your asset allocation across different accounts in the portfolio? For example, consider holding tax-efficient investments in taxable accounts and tax-inefficient investments in tax-preferred accounts. Okay, there's a lot of words in that thing right there. Um, what does that mean? And we're, this, this is kind of granular now. We're getting down into the weeds of portfolio management. But um, bonds, if you hold bonds or bond funds or bond ETFs, typically throw off a lot of income. That's one of the purposes of holding bonds if you hold them. Then, uh, so income produces taxes. So 
you can shelter that income if you keep it in a tax-protected wrapper, such as uh, your traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. That activity is not taxed as it happens because it's in a tax-protected wrapper. So you, you would prefer to have them in that type of wrapper as opposed to a regular taxable brokerage account that doesn't have that protection. And so there, in that type of account, we would prefer to see uh, investments that don't throw off a lot of income, like individual stocks, individual uh, securities, um, growth stocks like uh, your, your Amazon and, and your Microsoft and, and so forth. So they have a good potential to grow, but they don't create a lot of income. It's much more tax efficient. All right, got to run right here. Take a break for the news. Going to be back in just a few minutes. Get those calls in, 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. We're so excited to come back from that break. We uh, started the music <laughs> before the commercial was right. over. All right, welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just uh, oh, and by the way, our website, uh, newly uh, redesigned and refreshed with uh, some movies, some graphics, uh, a lot more pictures, a little less technical words, make it more user-friendly and inviting. But uh, want an information packet or newsletter? Uh, click on request a consultation, put your name and address in the uh, dialog boxes there, select the appropriate drop-down. And we will get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you've got some nuanced questions, want to speak to a live human being, you always give us a call at the office, 456 2200. Want to remind everybody, our next live show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, February 27th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go. And I guess uh, Android users no longer will be able to use Google Podcasts. Uh, all the podcasts are sliding over to YouTube Music, and I have confirmed that our podcasts are housed there, and you can and you can pick them up there. Or, uh, of course, Apple users always get them at the Apple Store. For those of you who are into social media, we have a presence on Facebook and LinkedIn. You would search for 
Wealthway Financial Advisors. Hit that like or follow button. And then uh, usually once every week, we have a financial planning oriented post to keep you interested and engaged in the process. All right, 627-7979. If you have a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, give me a call on that studio line and let's discuss. Right now, we're going out to Virginia Beach to speak with John. Good evening, John. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Good evening. I have uh, two questions, if you have time for both of them. Uh, the first is when you were talking about, uh, and uh, pardon me if I get the words wrong, but uh, reevaluating how your things are distributed and possibly selling off some of the uh, higher value ones and swallowing that money back into lower value ones that you think are going to grow. How, how do you determine that? You know, like if a stock is doing well, maybe it's going to keep doing well and be doing better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the low ones mm-hmm. might not do anything at all. So mm-hmm. how, how do you go about Make that decision on what to sell and what to keep. Right. Okay. So, uh, good question. We're ta- what you're talking about there, John, is rebalancing the portfolio. So, um, it's pretty common in our industry to display the different categories, the different asset classes, uh, same thing, different word, uh, different categories as a pie chart. And each piece of pie slice of pie in that pie chart uh, is made up of a percentage. And so the total pie is 100%. And then you would have different slices or different asset classes uh, that might be 10% of the portfolio. And then another um, uh, slice of pie would be 15% of the portfolio and so forth until you equal 100. So in our practice, we have sophisticated um, portfolio management software. So we set up an asset allocation for all our clients. And then when we pull up their accounts, uh, it aggregates all the accounts, and then we measure it against their target uh, portfolio, that target asset allocation. And then we can see which slices of pie have grown too big. So if we thought it was supposed to be 12% and now it's 16% of the portfolio, we want to rebalance that back to its original allocation, back down to 12. So that would tell us then to sell 4% of that particular asset class. And then we would redistribute it into the other slices of pie that haven't grown as large. And that is effectively, like I said earlier, selling off some of the assets that have performed relatively well and and selling relatively, so we're selling relatively high and we're buying those other slices of pie that have lagged the portfolio and buying relatively low. So selling high and buying low, you do that uh, a little bit over time, and that's how you maximize your long-run return. Now, embedded in your question was like uh, how to do it, but when to do it also. So generally speaking, um, we feel that once a year is enough. Uh, At one point in time, monthly rebalancing was in vogue, then quarterly rebalancing. We think annually is kind of the optimal time to take a look at your portfolio and then rebalance it. So did that make some sense? Yes, I, I, I think it does. Uh, the question I had, and, and this is kind of off the wall, if 
your like let's say I was with you and, and you had all of my uh, stuff allocated. If all all of a sudden for some reason I wanted to buy a new stock that may or may not be in my portfolio, can I just call and say I'd like to buy a hundred shares of you know uh, Ginzu or whatever? <laughs> Is that something you you could do or? <laughs> And if not, how would you go about doing it? Yeah, okay. Um, well, so we aren't brokers, right? We're not stock brokers. And so we don't traditionally take direct buy and sell orders from our clients. We fundamentally work with delegators, people who don't want to mess with the dirty details of investment management. So. On the front end of a relationship with clients, we lay out uh, our investment plan. We do a professional, sophisticated investment policy statement, which is a broad document that lets everyone know sort of the rules of investing, how we're going to do it, and we get make sure everyone's comfortable with that. And then we uh, pr uh, present our recommended asset allocation, that uh, pie chart pie graph of what we think is appropriate for their needs and we talk about that and then we go down one step further here are the investments that we think uh we're, uh, we're here are the investments we are going to start out with that closely align with the different categories that we've set up in that asset allocation and so here's what we specifically think they are and that's where we're going to get started and then once we have agreement on on all the big picture stuff then it's our clients leave it up to us to, to handle the uh, micromanaging of the details. If one of the investments that we have in the portfolio uh, is is underperforming and and we don't feel the prospects are good going forward, it's our job as the investment advisor to sell ABC fund, say, and replace it with X, Y, Z. Now, if it, it do we do a little bit of, uh, uh, is, is there a little bit of flexibility in there? Yes, there is. And sometimes we have clients for a variety of reasons who um, want some shares of, say, Apple or Facebook or Microsoft or something like that. And as long as they're reasonable, small portions of clients' overall net worth, then we will accommodate that. But, uh, but as you describe it, um, you know, we handle all the details so our clients don't have to. What okay. You, so, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think, in a general sense, that makes perfect sense. But I just didn't know if there were, you know, one-off instances where, for whatever reason, um, you know, the bug bit to buy this particular particular item, if that would be done through you. Uh, so, the short answer is yes, it can. Um, and we would say, at, as long as it's again a small. Uh, less than you know, less than five percent of your overall portfolio, um, we can usually accommodate something like that. But you know, I want to make sure it made sense. And it, it, so, so what we do do, John? Though uh, here's here's maybe a better answer to your question. So we definitely have some clients who like the like what they call to have a play account because uh, they like the action <laughs> and they 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 like the the excitement of investing but they know that left to their own devices uh, for their entire net worth that that 
that's a road to ruin for them. So they've offloaded to a professional that has a system and a process uh, and experience in place to to deliver um, a better result. Uh, but I, I will, I do tell people like, if you want to dabble in stocks, here, take fifty thousand dollars of your money, put it in a separate account. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know about it. I just want to know what the value is uh, once or twice a year. You just tell us that. I don't care what you're buying and selling. I don't care how frequently you're doing. Scratch that itch with that small account and let us handle the important money. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, John. Thanks for the call. Um, some good nuanced questions in there. All right. I'm going to run away, take our last break of the segment. We're going to be back in a few minutes. If somebody else got a call or question uh, relating to your own personal financial situation, jump on that studio line. Give me a call. 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense News Talk 790 WNIS. Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, the president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Or if you have some nuanced questions, want to speak to a live human being, we got those in the office too. Give us a call there at 757-456-2200. Next show will be in two weeks, Tuesday, February 27th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't get us live every second and fourth Tuesday, get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. That way you can download us, take us with you wherever you go, and you can listen wherever you want, wherever and whenever you want. Those of you into social media or on Facebook and LinkedIn, you search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Okay, tonight we're talking about um, important financial planning moves to set you up for a successful 2024. And oh, I guess before I jump into that, if you've got some time for probably one or two more calls, if you're interested, 627-7979. Uh, but we're talking about rebalancing. Uh, the beginning of the year is a good time to reflect on your investment strategy, uh, rebalance appropriately, um, make sure you're aligned with your overall um, asset allocation. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what an asset allocation is, if you don't know what rebalancing is and you are investing, chances are you're doing it wrong. Okay, These are fundamentals to good long-term investment management, asset allocation, rebalancing. So if you're just picking stocks here and there on Robinhood, on an app, or something like that, you're probably not setting yourself up for long-term success. So whether you work with a professional or you do it yourself, uh, the terms asset allocation and rebalancing should be uh, well-known to you, okay? Uh, all right, how about some other um, 
asset and debt issues to consider uh, throughout the course of the year. Um, do you have a mortgage that you might want to refinance? You probably don't if you cut your mortgage and or refinance in the uh, last, oh, I don't know, 10 years at least prior to uh, 2023. <laughs> you know, uh, interest rates were historically low in the twos, threes, and fours. Uh, we were screaming from the mountaintops uh, during that period of time. Now is the time to take a 30-year fixed mortgage, stretch it out as long as you can. Do not try to pay it down early. Do not get a 15-year uh, mortgage. Um, take that cheap long-term money and stretch it out as long as you can. So most people do have those, we find. Now, obviously, current interest rate environment is a little bit different. Um, we are seeing, well, we were seeing mortgage, 30-year fixed rate mortgages um, above seven, almost pushing eight. Uh, lately, we've seen uh, them down in the fives. So even in that range, while that's higher than we've been accustomed to for the last decade or so, um, it's still historically reasonable. Uh, about, I, I feel like, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like that's around average, six, seven, eight percent long-term 30-year fixed rate. So it's not horrible. It's just not as good as it was. And uh, real estate people will tell you this uh, all the time, buy your house, but rent your mortgage. So that means, you know, you can go ahead and you can always refinance at some point in the future, but get that house that you want, whatever the prevailing rates are, that's what you kind of have to live with. Uh, but in the future, if they go down, you always have the option to refinance. So something to consider there. Uh, how about, are you a co-signer guarantee on any loans or agreements? If so, you want to check with the other interested parties to confirm the terms, the payment history, and the current status of those loans. So if you are a co-signer on a loan, you are like a backup bank. You know, there's the bank who makes the original loan to, uh, typically this is a family member, so son or a daughter who doesn't have enough credit and mom or dad is the co-signer or guarantor of the loan or the credit card. Um, this allows the child in this example to build credit uh, or maybe repair broken credit with a backup so that if um, the son or daughter doesn't make good on this loan, then guess what? The bank is coming to you mom or dad, uh, to make sure that you make good on that loan. So just something to consider. Uh, it's pretty, it's fairly common with kids uh, starting out um, out of high school or college, getting their first credit card or car loan that they need to have a guarantor, a guarantor or co-signer. So something to talk about uh, if you are one of those uh, people. Uh, how about um, a review of your credit report? That's, oh yeah, that's um, good thing to do at least annually is to review your credit report and find out what's on there. A lot of people don't do that. Even if you have good credit, it's good to know um, how other companies are reporting to the credit bureau. So at least once a year, um, you should do that. And you can do it for free at annualcreditreport.com. Dot com. There are many imposters out there, <laughs> uh, many junk sites that try to collect your information and use them to sell you things that you don't need or spam you with email that you don't want. So annualcreditreport.com is that uh, free site to go to, and you can request a, re 
a credit report from three different credit bureaus, the three main ones, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. And so, and you can get a free credit report from each of them once a year. So uh, a good strategy, if you really want to stay connected to your credit and credit reports, is to get a free report from one of them every four months. And that way, you're getting information every four months, but you're only requesting one from each of them, a credit report from each of them, once a year by staggering it that way. So something to consider there. Everyone should have a sense of what their credit is, their credit score. Uh, in the old days, when I first was, entered the banking industry, where I got my first job, it was a very dark and murky, uh, opaque world, credit reporting. And almost all the power resided with the credit bureaus and the banking system. And it was very difficult for the consumer to either question, learn, number one, uh, question, challenge, correct uh, any information on their credit report. Uh, since then, because of those unfair conditions, laws have been enacted that has shifted the, some of the power back to the consumer so that if there are discrepancies, you have now easier channels to dispute that and to correct that because uh, you know, a, a good credit report and a good credit score is vitally important to long-term financial health and financial success. Everything, well, not everything, but you know, all, a lot of financial transactions that you do um, will be traced back to your credit report. Um, insurance rates, things you don't think, I mean, everyone knows like credit cards and, and bank loans, car loans, personal loans. Um, yeah, everyone kind of knows that they're going to pull a credit report and, and they're going to check your credit score. But it also, sometimes uh, your insurance premiums can be impacted by your credit score. Those that have lower credit scores and and uh, worse credit histories will pay more in insurance premiums because insurance companies deem you to be a greater risk. Uh, a lot of employers will check this information uh, to get a sense of you, your character because it is true, whether we like it or not, that our our desire or ability to pay back debts that we owe, if you don't do a good job of that, that can be a poor reflection on what you might be like as an employee. So having a good, clean credit report with a good credit score, which takes a long time to build, by the way, uh, and can be lost relatively quickly if you make uh, the wrong mistake. So check that credit report. All right. So I hear our music in the background. We're getting close to the end. Uh, David in Virginia Beach, sorry, I'm running out of time. Not going to be able to talk to you tonight, but uh, you can always give us a call at the office. Uh, I'll be happy to talk to you there, 456-2200, or we will be back in two weeks on Tuesday, February 27th at 6 p.m., and you can always give me a call on the studio line here uh, two weeks from now. All right, so that's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks for the calls. Uh, we'll be back uh, soon. And uh, you've been listening to Dollars in Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial.
financial advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.